Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today we're getting a case study update from Olga Czar. And we've... Uh, we've talked a handful of times. This might be your like fifth appearance on the show or something like that. But we've been chatting uh, probably like every quarter or so for the last year. I haven't been paying close attention. I don't know how many times you've been on. I don't know how long we've been doing this case study, but you've been on a few times yeah. and you've been essentially just trying to you know grow your site. We're going to talk about what you have been working on, some things that worked, some things that haven't worked, and what is coming up for the future. So Olga, how's it going today? Hi, Doug. I'm doing great, but I'm kind of obsessing about SEO recently even more than I usually do. So I'm kind of overworked, but but other other than that, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. I my voice is getting a little bit better, and I don't know what's going on. Like I feel fine. I just I don't know. Maybe I slept really hard last night, but it sounded uh, like I just woke up for a while. But it's getting a little oh. better. So we're we're gonna work on it. I'm gonna try to make my voice sound as smooth as possible. But uh, I've been up for hours. I don't know why I sound like this, but hmm. I'm good. That's I'm weird. Good otherwise, okay. So, so for the people that didn't hear the other interviews, we'll link up so they could check them out. But what's your story? Who are you? Uh, what do you do? What do you spend your time on? Sure. So I'm Olga Zar. I'm an SEO consultant. I've been doing SEO for like about 10 years. I mostly work on my own website, SEO Sly, where I share a lot of tips, tutorials, or everything around SEO. I have also been recently publishing uh, podcast episodes and uh, I also have a newsletter, stuff like that. And uh, in addition to that, I do uh, SEO consulting, clients, client SEO. So there is a lot to that. And I, am, I have been a happy um, SEO consultant who doesn't have a job for, I think, almost half a year now. So I'm super happy to be fully on my own. And Doug is helping me with, uh, is coaching me regarding how to maybe better monetize it because I'm planning on doing on doing uh, my own SEO course. I am actually like started to build one, and um, I have been doing some affiliate marketing. But I think Doug is the person who can probably help me with that, and it is always nice to have someone who will keep me accountable because I, I had a break. I had some breaks with how often I published on my website. Then I got back to that. And now I am like doing all I can to be more consistent with it, with it, because like, this is something that is driving the results I want. So that's in a nutshell. About how many hours would you estimate that you work per week? I, I started to measure that. Uh, I was measuring that with different types of tools, but recently I, I had a I, I installed an app called I don't remember the name of the app. It's 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 a weird one, but it is it is kind of a Pomodoro timer. It is uh, and I, now I only count those focused work fo focused hours of work uh, because I noticed that I get distracted. I start doing one thing then another and I don't remember where I started so I kind of uh, revamped my working schedule a bit quite recently I am now I have now everything every task for for one day 
in my Apple Notes and I'm using this app. And uh, for the past uh, two weeks, I think the, uh, there was there was around uh, 50 focused hours. But sometimes I some of those I didn't really track. I think some of, I think there was actually more because I I once got so kind of into the uh, into the flow that I forgot to activate another hour. Sometimes I was like uh, started doing something and forgot about the app. So I think it was maybe closer to fifty. Okay, gotcha. And then what's your sort of ideal? maybe like week or every couple of weeks or something like that, as far as like the number of hours. And we'll, we'll talk about what you have done, but you know, when sure. we, before we started recording, you were like, ah, I've been pretty busy. And you were talking about your obsession with SEO. And yeah. I mentioned that I got over that and I'm, I'm trying to, and I cannot. yeah, I'm trying to stay away from the computer and keyboard often as much as I can. So now, now I'm like, okay, What's your ideal week? What do you want it to be? To be honest, I, I love this stuff so much. And when I especially start doing something that is like very kind of um, very uh, something that's really kind of I cannot really stop doing captivating. I think maybe that's the word. And uh, this is, for example, recently I started obsessing about schema in links like uh, trying to do advanced schema on my website and I was supposed to do it for an hour and then I spent entire day doing that and I still haven't finished and it and it is like when I start I cannot really stop but um, I would say the ideal uh, in in an ideal world I would definitely spend a few hours a day I would say maybe around four six hours in front of the computer and then doing of course sports because I still do sports this is something that kind of cannot uh, be excluded from my from my day and then some walks some trips that that would be I think ideal you're a runner right yeah yeah so like I I get up very early I work a couple of hours and then I take a break and I go on a treadmill or just running outside and then I come back got it and work until I fall apart usually 7 7 <laughs> p.m. until you fall <laughs> apart that's funny yeah. yeah I think um that's what I used to do in your part of this is coaching so when I'm yeah. giving when I'm telling you stuff uh sometimes people are like why are you telling her what to do Olga asked me to tell her what I to want, do sometimes I want Doug <laughs> to tell me so um, one thing that has been helpful for me is to stop before I fall apart, as you put it. So maybe it's it, at this point, it's like 3 p.m. So I'll like I'll uh -huh. stop what I'm doing by three and then, you know, whatever, go for a walk if it's nice outside or start prepping dinner. I usually do most of the cooking, something like that. You know, I, I'm doing um, work probably until about three most days or the days that I'm working rather. And then I'll pack it up and then I stop and I don't, I don't do anything else unless there's some pressing thing, which is maybe once every two weeks, I'll think, Oh, it's 7 PM. I'll come back down to the basement and mm -hmm. then do a little bit more, but, uh, don't work too much. It, you'll get burned out. And it actually, it does come into play for some of the things that we've talked about, which I can't remember if we recorded this part or not, but like you have been 
you'll do a lot of work and then your consistency isn't as um, consistent to be completely redundant. It's not as consistent as you would want it to be. And part of it mm-hmm. is you might be like working too hard on certain days and you're doing like 12 hours when you could have done eight. And if you just did mm-hmm. eight, then you would be able to do it, you know, whatever, six months at a time and be really consistent with it versus uh-huh. like working the hard sprints where you need to rest. And as a runner, a distance runner, right? You know, you have to manage like the full race, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a sprinter, definitely. Yeah. So What's your distance? I, sorry? What's your running distance? What do you do? Uh, ha- half marathon is my best, but I also okay. do marathons, but I prefer half. Okay. I think it is like the the most i would say uh the safest it is way safer than a marathon and it is still kind of you are able to function normally after a half marathon after a marathon usually you the next day you are dying so yeah (laughs) i've never done a full marathon uh the half was my distance as well um and now i'm trying to like just avoid injury we've talked about it before but yeah we, we could talk more off, off the clock here. So you were about to say something I interrupted you. Yeah, uh, I wanted to say two things that my obsession kind of, I don't know what, what happened with that. I think it this is this is a good kind of obsession because I'm obsessing about my, my own stuff. And this is to the point that I skip running outside. I do practically all the runs inside on a treadmill. And while I'm running, I am listening to to some YouTube or podcasts at a, like two times speed or one point five. So I am like still using running to to learn more. So that's one thing. Another thing, when I still had a job, um, I was actually like I got burned out, and there was a point when I actually didn't. I di- I stopped enjoying SEO, and but then I went on vacation. I resigned. And it is now kind of, I think, uh, I am like, again, fully, fully, fully in love with SEO, but but I know that uh, it won't last forever. So I should probably listen to your advice. <laughs> yeah. And it'll go, I mean, I'm sure it'll go up and down like anything, but I mean, I do the same thing, just different areas. And it might be, you know, currently it's like chat GPT and I've been playing with mid journey, the image yeah me too. generate me too. it's super cool like it's kind of fun and it's the kind of thing where you can just kind of keep going and iterate and iterate and then like get a new idea and then try to plug it into what you learned before but i'm like i there's other stuff that i want to do so i'm getting better at just like i can come back to it or it doesn't fucking matter and i could just yeah. ignore it for a little while and if i'm still interested in whatever in 24 hours or a week or a month you know, it'll still be there, um, but I could make sure to take advantage of like good weather or whatever, like social situations and go, go to live events or something like that. So that's a great, that's a great point really. And I am doing my first in-person conference, like in two weeks, right in SEO. So this is going to be, I think a change of scenery and I'm taking two or three days off around this. So, so that's, I just have to finish this marathon until Brighton at the O. <laughs> nice. Cool. So let's talk about 
some of the stuff that you have been working on and, you know, you sent me a list. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have time to go through everything, but what are the highlights of things you have been working on? And along the way, you could tell us like, this was a successful piece. This was an unsuccessful piece. So there's a little bit of each and I'll just turn it over to you. Yeah, there is so much that I don't know even where to start and I probably could could talk for hours, but maybe I will I will start with something that didn't work. So I don't know how many interviews, I think two or three interviews ago, uh, I mentioned that I am as part of my content creation process, I am adding those shorter articles uh, which basically answer some frequently asked questions about about SEO. And to each article, I shoot a video and there is like a recap of the main points from the video. And I think I, I created around maybe 30, maybe less of those articles. And uh, the way I selected those keywords was basically Google autocomplete or, or, or like simply um, keyword tools like uh, answer the public. I wasn't paying attention to keyword volume at all. This was like a test. I'm I'm selecting super easy keywords. And uh, that's true in most in most cases for those keywords when I type this exact keyword these were keywords like can I ra- rank on page 1 on Google in 2 months something like that long, very long keywords. Mm -hmm. And actually, after some time, when I typed this keyword into Google, I was ranking number one very often with uh, even with the featured snippets. And sometimes there was even my video somewhere below. But uh, as I was, I have been obsessing around uh, my website recently and trying to find uh, better ways to kind of optimize it, monetize it. I was doing a lot of analysis. Uh, I was like, I combined uh, data around keywords, uh, traffic from multiple multiple tools. I put it put everything into spreadsheets, which is like super super long. And those uh, those articles simply they had like minimum or or no traffic, and they were actually in some cases uh, they were cannibalizing my more. Um, like broader articles, uh, like for example, there was an article about can you use Google Search Console to do keyword research? I think something like that. And I had a very very long article about how to do keyword research for for uh, for uh, using uh, Google Search Console. And there were a bunch of those examples. So today I was actually going through that, and I. At first, I uh, put uh, canonical tags on them to canonicalize them to those uh, bigger pages. But then I realized that I will just remove them and redirect them. So I I think I did that with, I think, around 15 articles. Because, like, I just want to keep the stuff that's working. So that was a bad idea. Uh, some of those articles started to rank for some broader keywords. Like, for example, I had the the article like, can you, uh, are meta keywords bad for SEO? Something like that. And uh, this article is ranking on page six or something for meta keywords SEO. So I found a bunch of such articles and I will simply, I refocus them to those more uh, broader keywords and I will be simply rewriting them, making them more in-depth. And the rest is simply has been simply redirected. So this was one thing that didn't work. (laughs) 
and you pivoted. So you end up with potentially those new articles, like the meta situation where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. that maybe that wasn't on your radar. Is there anything that you could have done in the beginning when you were finding those keywords to know that they were going to cannibalize or otherwise be a bad piece of content on your site? I think uh, I should still um, confront those keywords with uh, with uh, with uh, keyword volume, even though many people say that keyword volume doesn't matter. But I also created a bunch of similar articles of that style, but based on actually like keywords from SEMrush Ahrefs that actually have some some traffic, and those keywords are actually now bringing me a lot of traffic, even though they sound similar. But those ones didn't even appear in those tools. So now from now on, I will probably only be writing for keywords that actually have some traffic. And then I think this cannibalization won't be happening that much. Okay. And these are all informational, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Informational, mostly like the the purpose is to get people to sign up for my newsletter, to sign up for my uh, YouTube channel or podcast. Got it. Okay. And I'm doing a similar, kind of similar, where I was finding keywords based on either autocomplete or maybe related searches, but kind of in this same kind of category. However, it's product focused. So Mm -hmm. these are um, ranking really quickly, like in the top five within two or three days, they're keyword golden ratio terms. So I get questions yeah. like every week if it still works, and it, it does. It does. So, so in the difference here, the reason why I'm pointing it out, so I didn't look at search volume. Some of these are going to get a little more traffic. Some of them aren't. I don't think it's going to cannibalize, but it might. Sometimes Google gets a little confused, and a lot of these terms are, are kind of similar to other product uh, names. So there could be an issue with that, but I'm not sure. And you don't know until you publish it and then wait a little while. But the big difference here is the products that I'm reviewing are kind of expensive, like a few hundred dollars and it's affiliate revenue. So I don't even Mm -hmm. need that much traffic. If I just get like the right handful of people, it could be something that earns whatever one article earns like 50 bucks a month just ongoing. And if I publish 20 of these, then it makes yeah. a big difference. So it's a different business model, but it, you know, people shouldn't write it off just because um, you're not getting a lot of traffic and there's a risk of cannibalization. Like you have to publish it to figure out what Google's going to do. And Google yeah. can switch too. like it could cannibalize for a while. And then you tweak the titles a little bit or tweak the copy. And then, it sort Google sorts it out. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Anything else to add around um, your approach there? Any key takeaways that people can learn from? So I would say my takeaway is uh, always do keyword research because it still took me some time to write those articles, to record those videos, to kind of edit them, publish them. So I I think you should always make sure that the time you're going to spend creating something is actually going to pay off. And that's why now, for example, I will be creating more articles that are focused on specific tools 
These are tools I am affiliate of, but these are the tools I'm actually using in my daily work. So why not write tutorials using, the, using those tools? I think it will be smarter than just doing stuff from uh, people also ask or, or like autocomplete. Totally agree. Yeah, those will be um, potentially profitable for like the long term. You mentioned YouTube a couple of times. So are you going to do like YouTube tutorials plus like written tutorials as well? Yeah, that's my that's my plan. I already did a bunch of those. So I'm I'm writing a, a written written tutorial written tutorial and a corresponding video to that. And I am actually leveraging ChatGPT to that a lot. So for example, one thing I did. I because I usually shoot the videos in a way that I simply I know what I'm going to say and I just hit the record and I, I I don't have any script because if I do then I start to looking at the script and it it doesn't really work out maybe I haven't practiced enough but I record the video like that then I took the um, took the transcript I put it into ChatGPT and asked it to create um, an article for that or just bullet points and it did that then I kind of added something more and in some cases it it worked really well and I think saved me a lot of time how long are the videos and maybe how many words are the transcript if you have like a ballpark <laughs> estimate for maybe like a 10 minute video or something yeah I think I don't remember the words because I I can only tell you like the output um with my uh, kind of additions, I am shooting at around at least one one thousand, maybe one one thousand and two two hundred, maybe five hundred words per article, and uh, the videos vary, but it is from a couple of minutes up to even thirty minutes, depending on the topic. How much editing would you say you do after you get the output? from ChatGPT based on your transcript. So if people didn't follow, you get the transcript from your video, which is your own words. It sounds like you have like kind of an outline. You take the transcript, you put it to ChatGPT, and you ask for either bullet points or like a blog post based on your transcript. How I much think, work do you do after? Yeah. I think it's still too much work. I would say like, even if I write an article with the help of ChatGPT, either this way or like from scratch using ChatGPT to help me, it is still around, I would say, three hours of work, okay. including like uh, doing images, optimizing images, stuff like that. In the past, it was it would be probably five hours or more, but I'm quite slow. <laughs> Okay. But now it's it, it's still faster than 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 it used to be. Have you published any of those articles based on your transcript? Yeah, yeah. How, how are they doing? Are they ranking pretty quickly, like normal? Mm. It sounds like you're doing a lot, you know, pretty decent amount of work. Yeah. after the fact, but how, are, yeah, how are they doing? They are quite new, but some of them, some of them are ranking ranking pretty well. I would say. Okay. I, I have. I would have to check, double check, but it's kind of I think working because they are based on on keywords, actually keywords that have volume. So, and of course, there are my own words in this article. It's not that everything is taken from ChatGPT, but right. but but ChatGPT has a 
I think, a better English, better English than I do, and it sounds better in many cases. So I, I sometimes even ask it, ask it to simply rewrite what I, what I wrote in a better way. <laughs> okay. And yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, you, you could use it to make it more concise a lot of times yeah, when we're that's talking. what I'm asking it many often, very often, yeah. And we'll, you know, re repeat something or we'll use the wrong word and then it can fix it much faster than we can and yeah. without using our brain power up. So, exactly. Right. Cool. And what's your approach going to be for affiliate marketing? So you, you listen to my show, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks. So I, but, um, I, I but, do, I do. So, oh, well, before you answer, so for me, I am a poor affiliate sometimes. I don't promote very many products. So when I do, it's usually fairly effective, but I'll also talk bad about products. And the reason why is like, I want to be like authentic and, and truthful, but I don't like, I was burned as a, like young entrepreneur coming up and people were like, you got to use this theme. It's the best theme in the world and it'll make a huge difference or a piece of software. And I would, I would like trust the people and buy the software and then realize that it really wasn't that good. Sometimes it was buggy. Maybe they were just, you know, they were just great marketers. So I like, I'm the opposite direction from that. And I'll, um, even the products I like, I'll talk about how they're not perfect and i'll i'll be uh -huh. really authentic so what are you are you going to be a little more um diplomatic than i am <laughs> or I don't what are you think gonna do so. Yeah. Okay. so this is my plan so uh i have a like a very wide set of tools seo tools i'm already using and i sat down one day not not a long time ago and simply checked which ones of those have have affiliate programs and it turned out that some of them, a lot of them do, like Jet Octopus, like um, Kajabi, right? Like Cloudways, the hosting I'm using, SEMrush, and it, uh, WP Rocket. I'm, I'm using all of those tools and there are more, Surfer SEO. So I just thought that maybe I will start, start simply sharing with people how I use those tools to accomplish and what I accomplished with them and simply put that affiliate link there because I am still using those tools anyways. So, so that's an idea. I think something that can probably help me monetize them a bit, uh, monetize my site a bit better. And uh, is there something else I, I could be doing regarding affiliate SEO? And I can also, one thing that I'm also planning on doing, I'm, I want to create a paid kind of, um, membership uh, area for for SEO sly people where I will have like monthly calls with those people and uh, maybe I will share something daily with them and I also want to do this using Kajabi and the same with SEO course and once I have those things mm, I want to have an affiliate program for those things so that other people maybe can promote me so that's something okay, for now so the other side too. Great. Uh, the going back to the first part of your question, the there's probably like just a couple other things. I mean, you have the general idea of exactly the best way to promote those products and that's to have tutorials and like show results and that sort of thing. And 
similar to how you were writing how to and FAQ type content for your blog, you could go down to a very minute level where you're showing how to do a very specific thing for like very advanced users. Not many people are going to be able to benefit from it because most people are beginners and they haven't heard of the software, mm-hmm. but you'll be in the same way you're doing the the content, like you'll be sort of on a an expert level tier where you're showing how to do this really like complicated stuff. You lose most people, but the the people that can benefit really get a lot out of it and they'll be sort of evangelists for you. So that, that can be helpful. It may not uh-huh. directly lead to the sales, but it'll help um, like sort of overall. The other two, which one of them I've had great effective, like really good conversions um, would be, you know, on your email list to promote, you know, certain products at certain times. Maybe you can provide a bonus. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. a, maybe it's one of those advanced tutorials. Maybe you give a lot of them out for free, but maybe you have one of them where you give it as a bonus if someone uses your affiliate link and mm-hmm. they just send you the receipt afterwards. So some kind of bonus, it could be that, it could be something different, but if it's a, like a high ticket item, then you could deliver something like, yeah, great you know, really good. Uh, the one that hasn't typically worked well for me, but some people are, you know, I think it's people that get a lot more traffic or something like that, but mm-hmm. they have like the resources page on their site. So you get enough traffic. Yeah, on that's your site. something I, I also have on my list. Like the list of okay. to- SEO tools I love. Yeah, this is yep. like now being created. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And that's like, you know, a no brainer. I should go update mine, but, you know, everyone had them and people were talking about them and blah, 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 but they never really converted. I mean, they, I didn't get much traffic on those pages. No one really cared. Mm-hmm. If I just take that and then th- throw it into an email, then that would convert a lot better, which, oh, you know, okay. it's, it's just my content or the amount of traffic I get or something like that. But I mean, it would uh-huh. be, the, it could be the same exact content in the email or the page. So, you know, there's no work. In fact, I need to redo my autoresponder series. It's it's so old, Olga. You'll have to maintain yours better than me. But yeah, I revamped okay. it. I'm like I'm good. I'm good to go. But that was like four years ago. <laughs> so it's it's really out of date. And I got I was starting to get emails and people were like, "Is this still accurate? Like it's kind of old." And I was like, "Oh man." So anyway. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, you ready to switch over to YouTube and talk about like what you've been doing over there? Sure. So. I also like, um, I, 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 I recorded a lot of those videos around FAQs and of course I put them on YouTube as well, but they, I wouldn't say they were really performing that well. They had some views, but I think they were too basic maybe because like some of those questions are so stupid (laughs) and my answer maybe was stupid too. And when I like started to obsess about SEO like recently more than I usually do and I started to study like those very advanced topics then I kind of um, thought that maybe I want to repurpose and maybe do less beginner stuff maybe something 
more advanced. But then I kind of thought that maybe I am like, I have to learn this, 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 and that to be able to do that. But to the point, um, I'm thinking about removing some of those two obvious FAQs from my channel. Now I'm not recording them, of course. Now I I mostly publish my SEO podcast uh, podcast episodes there. Usually this is an interview. Sometimes there is, this is an interview with another SEO. Sometimes this is a, some a, a specific topic. And uh, I also kind of re um, revamped uh, and created kind of a new weekly series called SEO X-Ray, where I simply do live SEO audits of websites. This is not done live, but I'm recording the the audit as I and I haven't seen that site before. So people send me the site and then I hit the record button and I'm reviewing the site and, and talking what I'm seeing. Because I, I think I asked people what type of content they would like to see and most of them said they want SEO audits, video SEO audits. So that's why I'm now going to create more of them. And these are the, the topics, uh, the, the videos that perform the best, uh, including the videos where I talk, uh, where I show something, how to do with a tool. Like I think my top video is how to crawl a website with screaming frog, which is like probably the, the best of all. So I'm going to do more of such, such videos The the growth is kind of steady. Maybe not like this is not a growth like that, <laughs> but it's still, I think uh, I used to get like 50 or less subscribers per month. Now I'm getting 150. So I am getting close to 2K subscribers. So I hope I will be there in maybe a month or so. So I am quite, quite happy, but I still think there is a ton for me to learn. <laughs> yeah. And have you looked into doing like some collaborations or other interviews yeah. with other, is that working out well or have you started with it? Yeah. Yeah. I started one with uh, Miriam Jessier where we talk about money in SEO. So we already recorded like three videos and I think people like it. We talk about things that usually people don't want to talk about like pricing in SEO or like Uh, the asshole tax, for example, yeah, sure. when you apply it like yeah, to, to a client that is kind of exaggerating with something. So this is, this is something I've been doing, but I am also looking for, for another SEO who would like to do something maybe on a more regular basis. If it's, I, I would love to have you if you, if you want, if you can. We, sure. we, we do that, but maybe not yeah. on such a regular basis. I recently had a chat with you about ChatGPT and it was quite um, a good interview. People enjoyed it. So I am thinking about growing, uh, expanding in, in that direction. Yeah. Couple ideas. Yeah, we'll talk about it after. But <laughs> a couple couple ideas. One is if you do hit upon a topic that is pretty good and you saw that it resonated with your audience or maybe there were more questions on LinkedIn or Twitter or more interaction or something, you should take that idea and like do outreach in a, in a 
good way. Don't like blast the internet with a bunch of emails, but like you could say, Hey, I did this video on this topic. It went really well. This is similar to like, if you gave a talk at a conference and then you could like do that talk again, or you could take that talk and then like be on podcasts or other YouTube channels, but you could just, you know, find people in our space say, Hey, it was a popular topic. You could send the original video. I would love to talk about it on your show and mm-hmm. see, I mean, they, they see that it works and you're obviously an expert in the area. So why would they not want to have you on the show? And yeah. then you don't have to like recreate the wheel and come up with another topic and blah, blah, blah. It's just like the same thing over and over. You'll get better at it too. You, you know, hopefully you won't, get bored with it, but you'll get better at delivering it. And if you are on shows or collaborating with people that are, you know, they have some skills, they'll ask questions that are more interesting and like get, you know, deeper into the topic area. But that that's a, that's a thought so that you can bring a topic that you know is a good one and just talk about it even more. And if you're, you know, you really look at your whole funnel, right? You want people on your email list, pick a topic so that you could refer people to a page that converts really well on your site, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah. you can kind of put it all together. And, you know, when you, the second part of this is when you go to uh, Brighton, there will probably be a lot of people that you'll meet to collaborate with. So, that's like one of the best places to find folks. Cause if you just get an email, it's kind of a, it's a cold pitch and it's much harder to connect in person. You'll be able to, you know, sit down and chat for a few minutes or whatever. And then those will be, I mean, I still have like a stack of cards from like the last couple of conferences that I've been to. And I haven't even been able to like collaborate with everyone that I wanted to, but I have like probably 20 people that I could, you know, call mm-hmm. or, you know, email and and have a great conversation, good interview. Both audiences will benefit from it. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Because like I started SEO Sly during the pandemic at the start. So I didn't really have a chance for an in-person conference because before that I was hiding under the, under the rock, living <laughs> under the rock. So... So this is going to be yeah, my first time and I and I think yeah that's a great idea. Cool. So we have a few more things to to get to um so we're going to skip some of this stuff on on our list sure. here but you um you mentioned a couple things that were working uh, better some that were working worse. One of the, one of the big things is your email list, right? So, you know, we're we're working together on this. I love email. Like that's my main marketing channel. How's the email list growth going? So it is again growing faster than it used to. It, there was some something happening when I moved to Kajabi. Like it kind of stopped growing for some time. I'm not really sure why, but it is kind of now back, back growing, uh, back to growing. And again, this is not like very huge, but I'm getting I think around 300 maybe more subscribers per month so kind of okay I would say not the worst there are of course there are spikes sometimes when when I have more traffic and uh, and 
at the end of the day, day I would like to like uh, put all my efforts into into that. But I still think I, I probably need a bit more subscribers. So mm-hmm. I am also looking uh, looking to find new sponsors because I I have I have a sponsor. I used to have more sponsors. Now I have like one main one. So so this is this is definitely something uh, I need to work on more. Okay, and. What's your open rate and click-through rate generally? Mm, open rate is a 35% and more even. And uh, CTR is around 4% or okay. 5 depending. Is Great. it good or bad? Yeah, both of those are excellent. I was going to say my open rate is about 30%, which is mm-hmm. pretty high for like a marketing yeah. um, email list. And then my click-through rate is low. I think often it's like 1% to 2%, mm-hmm. depending on what I'm sending out. So it's something I, I've like kind of struggled. A lot of times I'm sending out an email to go to an interview like this one. So it's podcast or YouTube. And technically right if you or i get an email like that i go i would go to youtube or i would go to my podcast player i wouldn't necessarily click through so it's a little it's a little fuzzy but your click through rate is very high especially for you know a marketing type email list and uh, what are your thoughts on on that because i used to send the entire newsletter uh via email it was very very long there were so many so many links there and uh, people told me that sometimes it it got marked marked as spam Uh, then i tried to make the newsletter shorter but then i kind of um, thought that maybe i would do what mary haynes does so she has the newsletter on her website and she simply sends the link to the newsletter and I think I've I started doing that and I'm doing that for I don't know 10 I've been doing that for maybe 10 episodes so far and um, what are your thoughts on that I'm simply like I I'm, I send only the information about the sponsor and the link to the newsletter and maybe some something like follow me here and there and uh, simply people are simply go to my website and can read the newsletter there what do you think about such a solution I think Generally, you should be getting the subscribers to click to go somewhere. And I heard this when I started my email list, and I, I've kind of stuck with it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you'll have a course or other stuff that you want people to buy. So you kind of want to train them to follow the link in your email. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, sometimes I don't do it too often, but sometimes I'll send an email and there's no link. Like I put everything in there, like you said, or there's no action to take. It's just like I'm sharing a thing. That's pretty rare. It's probably only say 5% of the time, something like that. But generally, I like what you have shifted to where you're getting the email subscriber to click over, go to your site, mm-hmm. eventually or sometimes that will be your course sales page. Oh. So make sure that they are used to clicking something to be entertained or learn something. Oh, 
That's cool. Okay. Because I still wasn't kind of sure 100% if this is the right move, but but it also increases the, the chances of my sponsor getting clicked like 100 times because then I had so many things and now right. they basically have two things to click. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, I mean, you don't have to always do it, but the fewer things in there, um, the better because then it increases the likelihood that they'll click yeah. something. So, you know, most of the time I try to just give like one option. It's like, you can click this thing or uh -huh. not. like there's, you yeah. can watch it on YouTube or you could listen to the podcast. That's about it. And, you know, play around because sometimes and every now and then I'll make a very short email where it's like, I did this. Here's two things about it. Here's the link. And that's it. Like very short. Other times, you know, I'll make it a little bit longer, but you know, test it out, see what you like. Variety is good. If you do the same thing every time or have the exact same format every time, sometimes people will get yeah, used to, just sort of complacent. Used to yeah, used yeah. to it, complacent. I mean, the if if you can give them what they expect, that is good. But sometimes like the pattern interrupt is good too yeah. so you know play around yeah sure sure makes perfect sense okay and as we're wrapping up here let's see what do you what do you want to talk about we mentioned chat gpt a little bit do you want to talk a little bit more about that or maybe some of the courses you're taking maybe the courses because like when chat gpt launched uh it kind of like started my whole kind of thing that I'm doing now, like obsessing about SEO and learning. I was obsessing, but I wasn't obsessing that much. When ChatGPT started and like this arms race started and this arms race is not only, it's not only between like Google and uh, Bing, it's also between, I, I see like programmers, creators, because they want to create the next thing, the next tool they want to show something uh, that they can create with chat gpt and i kind of started to think that i probably probably need more ai programming skills to be able to really um, leverage chat gpt to 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 kind of create something something like that because i have some programming basic knowledge i would say i even wanted to be a programmer at some point but that was like I don't know how many years ago, so I, I don't do programming now at all. And I I found a bunch of, a lot actually, a lot of courses around uh, AI, like simply understanding AI, how it works, machine learning, like what it is, how it works, how to connect the dots. And it always uh, leads to Python as well and like um, some computer science topics, which maybe I'm not uh, aware of. So I'm now kind of trying to take and finish those courses one after another so that I actually have the, the grounds, the background that I can use to maybe in the future do something with AI, with ChatGPT, because we don't know really what's going to happen and how my job as an SEO will evolve. And I want to be ready and fully understand how it works. It, because this is simply like mm, text prediction in a more advanced way. And I want to understand exactly how it works 
and how I can build something maybe maybe not similar, but something that can can help me become better at what I currently do, which is SEO. So, so this cool. is. So that's cool that, you know, you got interested and you're like, okay, I want to learn some stuff as, um, I think that's fine. I, as a counterpoint for you to think about, and I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion on this, but I potentially would, you know, maybe finish what you were doing and, you know, kind of have the basics. But I think with programming and probably a lot of other things, like if you just kind of learn about it and you don't have a specific thing that you're trying to solve, if you don't have a problem that you're trying to solve, you'll kind of learn some stuff and it'll just be out out of your brain mm -hmm. after that. You can reference it in the future. So like I said, maybe finish what you're doing. But when you have the problem to solve, then you can find the stuff that's really relevant because you're probably just getting like an overview of just a bunch of stuff that is mm -hmm. hardly relevant to you. And when you have the problem to solve, then you can go learn the specific thing that you need, work on that, and then you'll be able to apply what you learned right away and you'll learn it much better. And then, I mean, you'll run into other issues and have to learn more, but basically you probably don't have to spend too much time on it because you're aware that it's there. And then when you have the problem, you'll know where to turn because you did some of this preliminary work, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because yeah. you don't have a problem that you're trying to solve right now. You're just like, I need to learn. Yeah. With yeah. with that AI, yeah, I, I need to learn. Yeah. Because I know that on, on the other hand, there is this plan. I, I have the plan written down exactly what I need to do. What are my priorities? What are my goals? What, what are the tasks? I have it all here. I just have to sit down and, and do it all together. But on the other hand, there is this like shiny object AI that I want to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And the other, so a couple other quick observations. One, I kind of did the same thing, but I was like, I've, I've, I realized exactly what I just told you. So I waited until I had a problem and I was like, oh, I want to train chat GPT on my own, say, email copy, for example, mm -hmm. transcripts. But at the time, it was really hard to, um, feed chat GPT or uh, GPT uh, API anything longer than a certain amount. So I was like, I want to feed in 10,000 words, but I could only feed in 2,000 or something like mm -hmm. that. So I went to chat GPT, started to ask for Python scripts so that I could feed in whatever, 10,000 or more mm -hmm. words, split up into smaller chunks, right? And I figured out how to code it. It was pretty easy, but I just used ChatGPT. But the point is I had a specific problem that I was trying to solve. Yeah. So it was like, I could go and figure out how to do that. I could ask ChatGPT for the code in Python. I had to solve some things along the way, like um, how to run Python scripts on my computer, blah, blah, blah. So it was a whole set of things, but I like set it up. It only took like an hour. It was pretty easy to yeah. figure out. Um, but anyway, that's nice. You could do it that way. The other observation is, um, kind of like you, I mean, I have like various content that I'm trying to create. So I'm 
on a bit of a treadmill where I'm always trying to create and I'm doing other stuff too. And I don't have as much like boredom. So I'm not coming up with as many good ideas to do something new. So one thing that you might realize is like when you maybe don't work as much, going back to our very first topic, don't work as much, maybe get a little bored. Maybe on your runs, you don't listen to podcasts or YouTube. You can listen to mine. I do. (laughs) But maybe you don't listen to others because you'll get some pretty cool ideas if you're not constantly filling your brain with like new information. Uh So especially if you used to run without um, like consuming uh, like nonfiction content, maybe you listen to music or whatever or nothing at Mm -hmm. all. I used to like to run with like nothing so I could just get bored and look at the scenery or whatever. But you will probably have more interesting ideas if you're not constantly like trying to produce stuff or get new ideas from, you know, content creators like us. Everyone else listened to my show and Olga's show, but um, yeah, if you, if you get a little bit bored, you'll have some cool ideas. Cause you, I mean, you've consumed a lot, a lot of knowledge is in your brain already and it just needs to like kind of come together in a unique way. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because when I used to take longer uh, bike rides, this is something that I, I very often came back with uh, with a few ideas, quite quite good ones. So yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to that one too. Yeah, and the you know the the bad part is when you listen. I stopped listening to a couple of podcasts that I really liked because every time I listened, I was like, I need to do that thing or I felt like I was not doing enough because whoever was on the show, whoever was being- Yeah, this is what I'm feeling all the time now, especially with ChatGPT when there are those headlines like, I use ChatGPT and now it earns me, I don't know, a few thousand uh, dollars per day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I And I haven't, I've seen some of those and I'm like, these people are just, they're full of it. They're not even using it. They're just making, they're making, you know, videos that are getting clicks and all that stuff. But Uh um, I mean, I'm doing videos, but hopefully mine are useful. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely are. Okay. So what's coming up for the next quarter or so? And, Mm -hmm. you know, right now we, we just finished Q1, so we're starting Q2. So what's on the horizon? Do you have any specific goals? Yeah, so so I did that revamping. I I wrote down all the goals I have. So my goals are to get to 10k subscri- 10k followers on Twitter and a similar number on LinkedIn. For example, I noticed that I was ignoring link- LinkedIn for a long for a long time, but I noticed that when I share something on LinkedIn versus when I share it on Twitter, I end up with with way more followers on on LinkedIn. I'm not sure about the quality of those followers. I haven't measured that in any way, but still I think the audience is the reach my reach there is is bigger. So I want to like grow those uh, and of course YouTube, maybe clean clean this up a bit uh, from the videos I don't like anymore. And of course, content creation for SEO sly. With ChatGPT, I can create more articles per week. Realistically, I can do three or four per week and I want to stick to that because like 
I want more uh, organic traffic to grow my newsletter and 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 the at the end of the day like um, create my course. So I'm planning to release my course in the second quarter, uh, but we'll see <laughs> if I again have some delays. Okay. That's too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think so. So uh-huh. you don't have to answer now, but um, shoot me an email in like a couple days and tell me which one you're going to focus on. Um, can you share how many people are on your email list? Yeah, I am now getting close to 5,000. I think around 4,700, something like that, maybe. Okay. Do you know what you are going to put into your course? So my course, I have like the entire schedule, the entire plan was a, was supposed to be about SEO audits. I wanted to create a great, great, long, big course. But then, but when I watched your recent video about courses, uh, you suggested that the first course doesn't definitely have to be like that course. So I, I changed my mind and I want to create a course about leveraging chat GPT for SEO, but in a very basic way, just using the interface without doing all those magic things with APR, APIs, plugins for people who are maybe less advanced. So that's the idea. I, of course, have to make sure that this is there, there's something that people actually want. But this is something I, I'm planning on doing, like okay. a test course. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I have I have some big advice or maybe, maybe yeah, tips. Yeah, please. Okay. So you have almost 5,000 people on the email list. You have a 30% open rate. Um, you need to launch your first course. The one that you mentioned where you're using ChatGPT is perfect for a smaller, you know, bite-sized course where it's not as challenging. Mm-hmm. When I launched my first digital product, I think I had, I don't know, say four or 500 people on the list. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'm trying to remember, I, I think I made like $1,200. It was an ebook. I sold it for a hundred bucks and made a little bit of money. Y- you have a lot more people on the email list. You'll do a video course. You'll be able to make it a higher uh, value. So you'll be able to sell it for a lot more. But, you know, the growth on, you know, all the areas that you mentioned, you got LinkedIn, you have YouTube, you have the other thing, you're trying to write more. I suggest you table all of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know your cash flow or what's the highest priority, but I would say maybe dial all those other activities, the content production back t- maybe to 25% of what you're doing so that you could focus on uh validating the idea, right? Uh-huh. So you have the email list, all you have to do is email like a A lot of people are opening that email every single week when you send it out. You could pre-sell it, like just like I say in Mm -hmm. the uh, last episode that you're talking about, and then uh, you'll know if it's a good idea or not. And if enough people sign up, you'll make the course, 
there's no better motivator. If people paid you <laughs> however much you're charging, then you'll make it. You'll finish it and then you'll go back and update it. So um, if, if there's anything that you needed to update or something was not clear and you need to add some FAQs and answer people's questions, but nothing should be holding you back. You have a pretty sizable email list and following in different areas. So you don't have to commit now, but what are your initial thoughts on my suggestion? I think, yeah, this is what I needed to hear probably <laughs> because I, because I still keep putting this off until I, I have a bigger audience. I learn more. And I kind of start, I have those episodes when I obsess about learning and I'm not doing the course. So maybe I should like, as you said, table some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And like right now, um, chat GPT, people are so interested in it. And I mean, you may be one of the earlier courses where it's chat GPT for SEO um, topics, sp specifically auditing, right? Is that where your approach will be? I'm not really sure. I was okay. thinking either SEO in general or like on-page SEO or okay. I'm still thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, so figure that out and, you know, maybe, maybe each one of those are a good idea, but you won't do them all at once. You just pick the one, roll with it, and then, you know, you can layer them yeah. together. You could bundle them in the future. Um, everything's messy. I think I said it in the, in that episode a while back, like yeah, just launch it. There's going to be, um, mistakes and errors and you're going to forget something. Hopefully, you know, the, the quality of everything will be good enough to ship it. And then you can go and improve it later if you need to, but it's really, yeah, there's nothing that should be holding you back. Like with the sort of the foundation that you've laid over the last couple of years, you should be able to launch and do really well. Like my email list right now, after like a decade is 10,000. So if you have uh -huh. 5,000, that's awesome. So, uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah so and you, you two years. Yeah. My email list is exactly two years old. Okay. Like yeah. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I should get tips from you. So... <laughs> I don't think so, <laughs> but <Okay>. I can try. <laughs> so what we'll do is um, we'll figure out the details, um, but you know, you should be able to do what we talked about here and okay. then prioritize stuff properly. So for people that want to learn more about you, maybe check out the course, right? That should be coming out. Where should people find you? I think Twitter, LinkedIn, and seosly.com. So everything will be on in those places. All right. Great. Thanks, Olga. And we'll catch up uh, probably in a few weeks here. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. <laughs>